welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2024. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast Panthers preseason preview for 2024. That's a lot of P's and speaking of PP Masters, uh, I'm your host, Stuart Lord, <laughs> and tonight I'm joined by Nick Lord, who's our stats guru and resident fantasy nugget. How you going, Nick? What it do, baby? Going good, mate. Going good. That's good. Glad nothing's changed in the last five minutes. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk Panthers, huh? Let's get it. Awesome. Well, let's look at the predicted team list. Pretty simple. Only a few changes from last year. So predicted list has Dylan Edwards at the fullback. On the wings, we have Sunir Taruva and Brian Toto. Center, we have Isaac Tago and Taylor May. Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary in the halves. Lindsay Smith and James Fisher-Harris as the props. Mitch Kinnett Hooker, Scott Sorensen and Liam Martin on the edges. And Isaiah Yo at 13. On the bench, we have Tyrone Peachy, Luke Garner, Liam Henry and Moses Leota in that Spencer Lenu role, potentially. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So how about you talk us through the gains and losses for the squad? Mate, uh, returning son, Dane Laurie's back from the West Tigers. Brad Schneider, who was the Raiders uh, halfback from 2022. He's back from Hulk KR to the Panthers. And Paul Alamotti, a young signing from the Bulldogs. A um, bit of a defensive liability, but definitely lots of potential. So some interesting pickups there, some depth pickups, I think. Uh, it turns out losses, some huge ones here. Uh, Stephen Crichton, Mr. Big uh, play. Uh, Spencer Lenu is off to the Roosters. Uh, Jamin Salmon's off to the Bulldogs as well with Stephen Crichton. Uh, Jack Cogg is off to the Knights. Tom Jenkins as well off to the Knights. Chris Smith is unsigned together with Eddie Blacker and Zach Hosking. Who's off to the Raiders himself? Uh, fantasy God Zach Hosking, mate. Mm. Look, let's hope he gets a start as we keep on saying. And look, there's no known injuries at this time in the squad, though I must say they're pretty reticent about talking about injuries, especially in the off-season. So, mate, let's talk about the strength of schedule. What's the season looking like for the Panthers? Mate, they got their first by round six, their second by round 16, which is a major by round, and round 19, which is another major by round. So um, pretty solid there. From the teams they have twice, they have the Broncos, Cowboys, Dragons, Eels, Knights, Rabbitohs, Seagulls, and Storm. Overall, mate, they have the eighth easiest, so it's it's fairly middling, but let's do a breakdown. Rounds 1 to 12, they have the second hardest, so off the gates is pretty brutal. This Origin is TVL period. ball at its best. Make the early <laughs> games tight. They want the early games tight and then, you know, let, let the blowouts happen later in the season. Mate, it's entertainment at the end of the day, you know. Um, Origin games uh, from rounds 13 to 20, origin period, I should say, fourth easiest. And the run home, mate, rounds 21 to 27, they have the third easiest. So it's important to do the breakdowns because uh, you can see there's a distinction between the early and the later rounds. Now, this is making me really think of Heinz over uh, Clares. Now, the Sharks have the third easiest overall schedule. They have a slightly better buy schedule than the Panthers, assuming Hines isn't picked for origin. So you'd almost be tempted to take Hines and then obviously get uh, Cleary at a later date uh, when you have the cash and hope he drops in price maybe a little bit during the opening rounds from 1 to 12 as they are so bloody hard. So for example, mate, first game of the season, the Storm away round 1. Then they got the Eels at home round 2, the Broncos at home round 3, the Roosters away round 4, and the Seagulls away round 5, heading into their round 6 bye. They then get a soft 
uh, run uh, with the Tigers at home round seven, the Cowboys away round eight for Anzac round, the Rabbitohs away round nine, the Bulldogs at home round 10, but the Warriors away for round, uh, Magic round, and the Sharks away round 12, and then the Dragons at home round 13. So I'm sort of thinking of targeting Cleary round seven, believe it or not, uh, based on if you hold, this is only based if you hold Hines and Cleary as substitutes. Like if you're trying to split hairs, um, I would lean Hines for that reason. Now the final five isn't too bad. You have the Eels away round 23, the Storm at home round 24, you're down in Canberra to versus the Raiders in round 25. Uh, the final game really is the Rabbitohs at home round 26 because the Titans, they'll roll out their Reserve grade squad at home in round 27. Yep, so save a trade for him at the end of the season, if you can. Um, mm. Yeah, so look, there's only a couple of things which make me want to make sure I've got clear in my side and generally captaining. And that is the fact that he can still put up pretty good scores against tough teams. So just say against the Storm last year, uh, round 23, he got a 91. So, mm-hmm. you know, whereas against the Titans, he got a 63 because he didn't pull out the gear. But like round 12... Against the Broncos, you know, that tight game that they had there? 106, right? Uh, Yep. It's one of those ones where uh, after he sort of came back round four against, like, the Eels, tough game against the Eels round four last year, 78. It's like they were just, there were so few bad scores last year, and they were against the bad sides. 51 against the Bulldogs, which I think was his lowest score, which he played, like, the full minutes for. Yep. Uh, And... Like a 37 against the Rabbitohs round two. And that one was a real squeaker as well. Like that one was mostly played around the edges. Mm. So, and he had five missed tackles that game. So, uh, as far as it goes, and ran for half of his normal number of meters, 128 meters a game, which is hilarious. He runs for 128 meters a game. That's insane. That's insane, as well as kicking for what, 600, is uh, it? F- averaging 491. But it can go up go. to like. Eight hundred a game. So yeah, averaging five hundred meters, one hundred twenty-eight meters a game. He just drinks from all the milkshake. 0.3 try scoring rate. Right, three point nine goals per game. It's and unlike Hines, there's no change to clear his role. So Hines has to work the full year with Braden Trindle. Uh, and you know, we Hines is a great talent, but there is something new in the equation there. Whereas Cleary will just keep on doing Cleary things, especially with Luai on the way out and like mm. playing that sort of like last uh, attacking like red zone type role. Mm-hmm. So look, for me, he's one where I possibly want both though, because of the way that you did talk about Heinz, there are certainly weeks where I think Heinz will be a safer captaincy option, especially if he does continue to perform in 24. Yep. But obviously it's hard to say to people, yeah, just easy, easy solve to spend 2 million bucks. So <laughs> on two players. So, mate, if you had to choose, if you had to absolutely draw the line down the middle, who would you choose? Mate, I haven't actually done the deep dive on Nico. I've got Cleary in my side, but I haven't done the deep dive yeah. on Nico. So, um, I, I know, I know I, you're mentioning that the halves partners make a big uh, factor here because of the Trindle factor rather than the Moylan factor, right? Yep. So um, we're not sure how much of the milkshake necessarily Heinz is going to get this year, which sort well, of... Well, I'm just bringing up now, he, he doesn't do badly, but he averages 68.6 when partnered up with Braden Trindle. Which isn't 75, which is what, or 76, which is what Cleary averaged last year. Yeah, so oh, hold on. Let, let, let me get it last year. Without Braden Trindle, he averaged 80.8. With Trindle, he averaged 70.9. Well, that's not great, is it? Yeah. I just It just means having a more competent halves partner. 
I think. Yeah, well, just a few less touches, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, no centuries. Uh, oh, no centuries for Heinz either way, but I look at things last year. But still a lot of good scores. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so look, the other part about Cleary, he's currently 52% ownership, which means if you don't own him, like I'm, I'm happy to take a L on a week where, you know, Cleary gets a 90 and Heinz gets a 70, right? But if Cleary gets a 90 and you've instead gone for a guy like Fogarty, he gets a 55, right? And all these people are captain Cleary for that 90. You are just, you're trashed by the captaincy points and by all the other lost opportunity points along the way. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I know. Just that for you. Whereas at least if you, if you have Cleary, you're only losing out by whatever the captaincy difference is between him and your other captain. Absolutely. Which is, which is significant. Mm. Potentially when one's scoring 100 and one's not. Yeah. So anyway, so look, he is—he's a guy who obviously is, and as the Panther supporters, you just made the list. There we go. Thank you, Nathan. Cleary. <laughs> All right, let, let okay. me. Who else you got, mate? Let me quickly go through Lindsay Smith. So we saw him develop last year uh, into the lead bench prop, and as a prepared life beyond Spencer Lenu, didn't disappoint with a point nine two ppm off the bench, point eight eight when starting. And we also saw at certain times in there that they moved Leota to off the bench as more of an impact player and keep sort of maintaining the discipline in the middle and starting Lindsay Smith uh, at the start. So if he does move that role, he could be of a little bit of interest, but at 510k, there's sort of not a huge amount of movement there. He's not pain harsh. So uh, just avoid him, even if you see the starting factor on him. Uh, Isaiah Yo. Now I've got him because if you do take Nick's advice, you don't get clearer, you go get Heinz. Isaiah Yo could that, be the That's not my pair. advice. That's not my advice. That's okay. Nick's exact advice. Okay. That's <laughs> definitely not my advice. I told you I'd clear in my team. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What are you? An idiot sandwich. Thanks, Nick. But, <laughs> anyway, well, look, the answer is that if you have Heinz and you don't have Cleary and you're not necessarily the biggest fan of Payne Haas, Yo could be the answer. He only had one sub 50 score in 2023 versus 670 plus scores. He played 21 games out of 24, averaged 77.5 minutes. He's got a huge motor. He's reliable. Doesn't seem to be copping head knocks. And the fact that they're playing him off the bench in origin, yes, he's playing like 55, 60 minutes still, but just he came back fresher as well. Yeah, way fresher. Great point. So my main concern is that having, if you got clear, you can't have Yo. Because having both off week six is huge downside. You cannot have 1.87 million of your cap on the buy. You just get slapped. So, but if you're going Heinz, Yo could be a very reliable vice captain for you week to week. And if he ever does actually score a double, he'll probably get a hundred. <laughs> anyway, yeah, for uh, sure. unlikely to happen. Like even even the Tigers are better than that this year. All right, let's have a look on the other side of the park. There's there's really not too many Panthers to look at, but uh, we probably still do need to have a look at a Taylor May returning from injury. Yeah, mate. Uh, 600k, 44 break even. So he didn't play last year. Uh, he averaged 43.7 off the wing in 2022. So he'll get the center DPP because he should be named to the center round one. Uh, three reserve games, uh, three reserve grade games in centers in the reserves in 2021 when he was 19 and he averaged 39. So really, he could be a revelation. But the price there is just can't justify an unproven centre in round one. Uh, he will likely be a final team keeper for consideration. Um, but yeah, just a bust for round one, guys. Now, Stu, Liam Henry for 320k with a 23 break even, which is nice and low. So he looks to be getting uh, potentially that 30 minutes off the 
bench Spencer Lenu role. He's got a 1.02 PPM in 47 career New South Wales Cup games, playing bench lock and prop. He's 6'3", 105 kilos, 22 years old. So he's definitely got the physical tools. Um, he played long stints, mate, in the New South Wales Cup, playing 58 minutes last year. So he'd be an automatic boom if he gets that 40 minutes somehow where you got that 15 to 17 points of value, which would be sweet. My only issue is, is I sort of see Liam Martin playing some middle minutes this year if Luke Garner Peachy are both on the bench, so someone's going to be eating up some uh, edge minutes. So wait and see with trials for more info on his minutes, I think. But definitely a potential boom pick there. Yeah, he's one of those guys where as soon as you hear that sort of injury bell ringing out, he's he's someone you automatically start looking at there. And I mean, Scott Sorensen can also move into middle as well. Um, might not be Liam Martin, but I yeah. think one of those but, two but, can definitely play through the middle. That's true. And at that point, we'll probably be talking about Luke Garner, I think, at that point. Uh, yeah, but Luke, Luke Garner's Luke Garner. I'm not sure anyone can go there again, right? Uh, look, I think that another year under his belt, I think that he'll have learned. There's a reason why they've kept him and they have let um, Zach Hosking go. Good point. Good but, point. I disagree, but good point. Oh, look, I'm just saying I think that they see some upside in the utility there. I also think that uh, Maverick Guy will eventually come along and make the point moot anyway. Do you think the Raiders just offered him the money and – the Panthers didn't actually want to lose him, but wouldn't obviously block him getting more money because he's that's, actually a better player than Lugana. That's well, look, I think that yes, he's on because the Raiders have like what probably 30 or 40 percent of their cap open, they need to spend it on someone. Well, they had David they- Fafita money even when they had even when they had Jack White, they yeah, had exactly. David Fafita right. money, so they had a million bucks a year. And so, yes, they probably have a huge amount of their caps sitting around. Joe Croker's mm. also retired, and they've got yes. Rapana and Whitehead also retiring at the end of this year. So uh, even after upgrading guys like Horsborough. So I would be thinking there that, yes, they've probably picked him as a good player for the future and essentially as a person that they can do a reliable job in first grade. It's very interesting to see what the Raiders do in the next couple of off-seasons, how they spend that money, if they can get anyone, you know. The Dragons are in a similar position where they've got all this cap and no one wants to take their money. So... Someone's going to bite, and um, but we just have to see which free agent it is, I suppose. That's it. The only good news about the Raiders is that they do have very good pipelines into the English market, so they've been very good at trying to tap that. So they've got Morgan Smithies joining this year. Who? Morgan Smithies. He's like a, he's a fellow over there. I've, most of the thing that I've seen about him is that uh, he's basically getting sent off all the time. <laughs> He's a scouser or something, is he? <laughs> oh, a bit, bit like that, mate. He's just, he's one of those guys where maybe it's just the highlight reels always show you the worst parts, <laughs> right? Like, hey there. Or like, here's me squaring a trainer. Here's me kicking a dude square in the nuts. Or like, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, oh, that's awesome. You know, you look at the James Salmon highlights and at least two of them will be him knocking someone in the nuts, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, all good. Man. Anyway, uh... So just having a look at this squad, uh, there's not too many other guys to talk about. Obviously, like part of the thing that, you know, we'll talk about, but we look at overall is the number of fantasy points scored. So essentially the Panthers, there's just not too much value there because they actually scored basically just about the highest number of combined team fantasy points in the NRL era. So 16,770.55, Nick, I think. Uh, how much? 1,700. 16,755 uh, 16, or so. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Yeah. And so, which comparatively to like the Bulldogs, they scored 14,000. So there's just, 
unfortunately, there's not a yeah, lot. Yeah, of- just a tick under 14. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just no value here, unfortunately. Now, flip side for draft, having a look at these guys here, uh, Isaac Targo. So second top scoring center for last year. Looked to go on absolute tear as well uh, as the season went on uh, before coming off the boil a little bit with that foot injury that really just kept him down during the finals. Mm. So like where so his average could be way up there. So he went on a, a bit of a tear here. So a average of um, around 16 onwards, 55, 62, 77, 97, and then a 37 versus, and then, then he had that foot injury. So average of 49.3. Yeah, he can go season. big. We all know he could score a hat if he, if he gets the right ball. That's it. So he does, he doesn't even always require that. Like he got a 59 round six versus the Eagles with no tries. I did get two yep. line breaks in that game though. Uh, so it's one of those ones where you know that he can perform on occasion, but there are a lot of uh, 30s, low 30s, mid 20s in there too. But he could be worth a look. Mate, what about um, Fisher Harris? You were pretty high on him potentially being an option last year. Uh, what are your thoughts on this year? Yeah, look, I think he's one of those ones where like last year he actually ended up taking off but later than people wanted him to. So people wanted him really for that round 16 by but they picked him mm-hmm. up early. So he got a, f- this is his run before that round 16 by, right? So if you picked him round 11 versus the Roosters, you got a 45. That's all right. He then got a 16 versus the Broncos, uh, where he essentially got beaten up for most of the game. And he only played 37 minutes. 38 versus the Dragons. 27 versus the Roosters round 15. And then he suddenly, it's like round 16, I'll find him on the buy. Major buy, got a 53-49 the week after. So, hmm. um. He's a mid-40s guy. He's priced at mid-40s. So they get him to do the job defensively, which is team people up, hold them down, wrestle well, defend well, don't allow offloads. It it doesn't translate anymore. We were really hoping for maybe a, a higher workload over that origin period, you know, that 60 minutes, you know, mid-50s sort of score, but it just never eventuated, and yeah. we're not sure oh, it's going to happen this year either. The extra minutes were there, right? Like rounds come round 16, right, over that period. 58 minutes, 52, 51, right? Like all the way through. It yeah, it's like a high 40s, low 50s, but we're hoping for like 60-ish, you know? It just, it just didn't really happen. No, that's it. So the other guy that we probably need to talk about is Scotty Sorensen. Again, he's one of those guys where he had a real breakout year last year, won that edge spot down, locked it down for himself. Uh, average 52 in the position. So played really well all throughout. So having a look at him again in drafts, uh, He's got the DPP. I'd pick him up at some point, like essentially maybe even a little bit above his natural starting point because he will play all season. He's a New Zealander, can't play origin, uh, will play big minutes for the club. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, he really came along last year. It was a bit of a surprise packet, but um, definitely not a round one option for overall, unfortunately. Yep, and because it's a pre-season podcast, I've got to have one take, one hot take, right? Yep. For draft, I'd take Jaden Campbell above Dylan Edwards. Ooh, that's spicy. Um, I haven't really looked at Dylan Edwards. Okay, that's, hmm, okay. Yeah, I'm not, they're going to be very close. That's a really good take. I like it. Yeah, like Dylan Edwards, if you take the uh, four-try game out against the Seagulls, where he essentially just rampaged uh, through there, he pretty much averages around where Campbell's long-term average is, but especially if Campbell's goal-kicking, he's going to average well above. Is Are you sure Campbell's going to goal kick over Boyd? No, I'm not. Reckon? I'm saying okay. that it, I'm, I'm sure. saying Campbell's if, a good player. Yeah. 
I'm saying he'll he'll annihilate uh, Edwards if he does goal kick. Mm, mm. But it'll beat him even without goal kicking. Yeah, Edwards uh, tackle busting. He had a um, career best tackle busting year last year. So there you go. Um, yeah, no, I did really well last year. But um, yeah, it's a great take. I, I'd probably lean Edwards just uh, on pedigree, but I don't think you're going to be too far off, to be honest, mate. Fair enough. All right. Well, look, I think that's that's it for this one. Uh, so this is the Boomer Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast Penrith Panthers preseason preview for 2024. Signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boomer Bust Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.